Welcome to Income for Baby Boomers. If you want to learn about exciting new businesses each week from other boomers who speak your language and have started a unique and profitable business from home, you have come to the right place. For those who would like to try some of these low investment opportunities, stay tuned. We'll help you get started in your own profitable adventure. Now with your host and entrepreneur, Ken Queen. I'd like to introduce to you J.V. Crum III. Uh, First Millionaire Manifesto was one of his books. J.V., how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show. Fantastic. And I know you've got an amazing background. I mean, you uh, were an attorney. I don't know if you're practicing these days or not. Uh, no, actually, I, I hope I'm one of the few attorneys that fall in this category. I'm licensed in both Florida and Colorado, but I've never had a dime of uh, legal revenue. I've, oh. I've been, I've been, you know, I was, a, I was an entrepreneur, went to law school and just ended up continuing being an entrepreneur. So, but the legal, the legal training, I think is really more vital even than the MBA because it really taught me how to analyze fact situations and how to see issues. And when I'm looking at business or I'm coaching one of my clients, it's, it really helps me understand what's missing in their business and what systems need to be changed and what might be the real issue in terms of where's the real money to be made or what's the, uh, what's stopping them from moving forward. You're a fairly advanced attorney. Most attorneys uh, are good at practicing the law part, but the entrepreneur part uh, is something that they have to learn, you know, over the years. But it yeah, so, sounds like you grasped the entrepreneur part first. Well, I did. And, you know, it's really interesting that you bring that up because when I was in uh, my law class, I was in the top 10. But what was really interesting was that nine of us in the top 10 had already had a commercial background. Only one person managed to get in there who hadn't already been in business. So having a business background actually helped us in law school as well. No, for sure they tie together. Uh, one of my, uh, in my last life, I was promoting attorneys at one time. I was a rainmaker. So oh, okay. Really, okay, so you're really familiar with the law world. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the practice of law to a large degree is a technical practice. Um, and most lawyers are not entrepreneurial. That's not what you learn in law school. It's not why they go there. And the that's the reason they join many times they join a law firm because they don't really want to do the rainmaking part. They really want to do the law practicing part. And th right. those are two entirely different pieces of the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I get bored to death doing the work. A lot of times I like the, the entrepreneur side of things rather than actually, you know, if you had 10 plumbers, I don't want to do the plumbing, <laughs> but you want to get them a lot of business. I don't want to get a lot of business, yes. Well, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things missing out with people starting out as entrepreneurs is that they think it's all about the product or the service. And that's critical. It's absolutely critical. But it's not where you're going to make the money. You're going to make your money because you learn how to do marketing and sales. And if you don't learn to do marketing and sales, you'll be out of business. <laughs> And it's funny how the world looks at it. I went to a, a big uh, writing conference uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there were a lot of teachers there and everything. And then it came up to what I did in the past, and it was sales, and it was like, oh, you know. <laughs> Not a dreaded salesman. You know? Right. Well, it's <laughs> the, mar the all, marketing so. and sales is where all the money's made in business. And but exactly. to build the business, you've got to have the right product and services and the systems and the and the right people. But uh, the money comes because you've got marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people just don't quite get that when they first when they're first starting out. Even writers, they they don't quite understand that. Um, some of them, no, some of them are very wise in that area. Um, so. 
JV, let me just ask, uh, what was kind of your first uh, serious business that you got into? You say you were doing it before you became an attorney. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was uh, finishing up my master's in clinical psych, and my father's uh, trucking line was basically bankrupt. And he asked me if I would come and work with him for six months, and I really didn't have any interest in it, which, which was, you know, I really wasn't interested in business. I had grown up out in the country, and uh, basically we had been in a fairly challenged family financially. You know, we never did very well and had lots of problems and money was tight and dad was in business. So I actually coded it uh, in my mind that business is where you lose money and where you, where you have a lot of financial problems, not where you actually get rich. And so when I went to uh, school, I was pre-med and pre-seminary and then I went into uh, clinical psych, but I had no interest. I never took any courses or had read anything on business. So but I, I love my dad a great deal, and uh, after thinking about it for a month, I decided that I would commit to six months that, that kind of became 18 and a half years. And uh, <laughs> what I found is that I just had a natural proclivity for business, and in a very short period of time was turning things around, and within uh, three months had figured out what the real major problem was, corrected that, added a second company to do all the maintenance. Uh, we had a regional trucking line. And by the end of the first uh, year, ha we had turned a six-figure profit and paid off nine years' worth of liens and straightened out the company. And uh, three years later, we were making as much as 100000 a month in profit. And uh, I just found that I really liked business and that it really was the process of, of getting systems in place and having everything extremely well organized. And a lot of people don't do that. It, they, they approach business as a haphazard event, and that's not what it is. I'm thinking that you're – farming upbringing had more help for you than you realize because running a farm is a whole systemized thing too if you don't milk the cows twice a day they dry up and so on well <laughs> uh, well yeah we, we, didn't, we didn't have that kind of farm uh, my dad farmed but it was um, agriculture so we had okay. watermelons peanuts uh, zucchini squash i remember one year things like that but still, you have to, I mean, gauge yourself for when you harvest and, you know, and there's bad weather and stops you from getting out on the, the fields and stuff. And then you got to re reevaluate how you're going to do it and maybe work weekends you normally wouldn't do or even Sundays. My, I worked on my grandfather's farm. That's why I mentioned that. And uh, he was very organized. Uh, <laughs> he had, a, you know, like eight different uh, flows of income. You know, he had pigs and ducks and yeah, chickens right. and you know, and then also we had the grain and, and so on. So uh, there was a lot to manage. But uh, I think I learned actually a lot from farming, even from that. But So, okay, this trucking business took off on you. Uh, Why did you get out of that or you just got tired of that? It wasn't. Uh, well, basically, I mean, I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. And no matter what stage they're at, whether they're a startup or they've got a six or seven figure business, and what oftentimes is missing for them is what I call the true north. And what was missing for me was the same thing, is that there was some inside of all of us, there's something you're really passionate about, uh, a difference that you just feel strongly you want to be making with your life. And you've got strengths that will support that. And what was missing for me was that I didn't really have any great fulfillment. I'd made money and at 25, you know, become the millionaire and had the home on the water and the Mercedes and all that. But I really wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And when I look back, everything that I've always been interested in has some aspect of human potential 
and reaching new levels and reaching out and touching other people's lives and making a difference in those people's lives. And all of those elements were missing. So I enjoyed the internal elements of running a business, and I like that part today. But what is most important to me and how I see Conscious Millionaire is as a movement. And one of the reasons I started the podcast, and now we're in over 140 countries, is that I wanted to get this movement out globally to teach people how they can build businesses that will make them financially free and make a strong positive impact on other people in society and bring those two factors together. And that was the kind of thing that my soul was yearning for, is to go help people do something that I found more meaningful and that was going to bring value to their lives and, and the world we live in. And so that was just not there for me in in, uh, in the trucking business. And it sounds like you have a, you get a lot of fulfillment by helping other people to grow rather than just growing yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think you and I probably talked about it. I have a global nonprofit right now. We're taking uh, applications from youth all over the world. We have uh, close to 3,000 applicants at this point, 18 to 25 who are doing projects to uplift humanity. And then there'll be 10 finalists and the finalists will get a $5,000 scholarship. And we'll be doing trainings this year. My goal is to be in 160 countries in 10 years helping to grow the next uh, generation of conscious leaders who are going to go out into the world and in very practical ways figure out solutions in every area of life where, uh, as I put it, the triple, triple win, you, others, and society all win together and that we create a more conscious world for all of us to live in. I've got you. All right. Um, just wanted to say one thing about uh, the conscious part. Um uh, you know how they say there's different levels of of learning things or knowing things. One is you didn't know that you didn't know, so you're, you're right out of it. Then you get to the level where you realize you don't know certain things. And then you get to the level where you automatically, you, you, you can do those things well. And then the unconscious level, the unconscious competent level, you step onto where you don't even think about what you're doing now. Now you're so competent in doing the right thing, you just step into it. So unconscious competence, I'm sure, ties into all this too. Yeah, well, absolutely it does because the formula that I teach people to create wealth, and you can create any any level of wealth you want with this specific formula because there's so many pieces to each of the three steps. But it's really very simple is that the first step is to become conscious. Yes. And then there, I look at conscious as having within itself three aspects. One is that awareness state. So part of awareness is aware of how a business actually runs, mm -hmm. aware of what's going on in the economy around you, aware of what your marketplace is actually wanting, aware of your capacity to provide that. So becoming aware of what you don't know so you can start to learn it. Well, aware of what you don't know and then in the process becoming aware of what you actually want. I'm when I work with uh, clients, I find that, that the majority of entrepreneurs really don't have any really clear three-year goals. Mm -hmm. They're not sure where they want their business to be, how large it's going to be, who they're going to be working with, uh, what new products and services they're bringing out. Uh, they're not clear about where they want to be in their personal life in three years. And so part of becoming conscious in the awareness state is to just simply be aware of what's the most important result you want. What are your top priorities? And and then what are the strategies that you're going to use to get there? That's still all part of the conscious step. Then the next step is focused. 
So you have to become laser focused rather than having your focus go in, in many different directions, simply saying, this is the direction I'm going in. And I'm going to put really, it's really about putting all your eggs in one basket and, and, but then putting them in there and just doing a great job to reach that specific results. Because the more things you're trying to do at one time, the least well you're going to do any of them. So the simple thing is less is more. But you have to know what that result is that's measurable that you're going after to focus on it. And then the action part, conscious focused actions, is only take actions that are aligned that will focus you on getting to the result you want and every other action you get rid of. And now you can unclutter your day. I've got you. So if you're starting a podcast, uh, if you're worried about writing a book and going on interviews, you're divided three ways where you should be focused on interview. If, if that's your business, interviewing people. Well, absolutely. And what I have found uh, with virtually everybody I've ever worked with is that People can generally focus on three things, but that's about it. And so I have systems that I teach on how to be more productive every day. And you have one, two, or three priorities, but that's it. You can't have more than three priorities for the day, and it's fine if you only have one priority. You do the same thing for 30 days out. What is the top three priorities for your business, and how do they align with the top three priorities for the end of the year? So that at the end of the year, you're clear where you want to be, then you bring them back quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily. And if you have other people on your team, they're all working on one or more of those priorities, and everything's aligned. And if it doesn't fit into that diagram, you simply don't do it. So do you self-evaluate at the end of every day or end of every week? or I self-evaluate every day. So I, I actually have a form that's an entire chapter in my book, Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference, uh, is designed on making you more productive every day by using this specific system of having three priorities. And for every priority, you must have one measurable result, because if you don't have a measurable result, you have no idea what you're doing, and you would have no clue of when you got there. And it's only after you have measurable results cause, is that you can choose the actions you want. So once you have your priorities and you've got your for every priority, you've got a measurable result. Now you can choose actions that are designed to achieve that measurable result. Now, these three priorities would only be directly lined up with your business venture. You're not talking like maybe you might have a social uh, priority and have a business. Uh, yeah. You know, and so well, generally, yeah. Here I'm talking to entrepreneurs about about their business specifically. So three business ideas. Okay. Right. Uh, business aims. Okay. And then how do you decide which of those three are the most important? Do you just see which one is uh, gaining ground the quickest? No. Gaining no. traction? Or? No. You have to decide where you want to be at the end of the year. Where do you want to be financially in terms of how much money do you want to make? Where do you want to be in terms of what's that big product or service that you really want to have you know, really brought out in a big way? Right. And then what usually the third thing, and especially for entrepreneurs uh, before they get to 10 million, uh, it's usually marketing. But there's some third factor. I call it your critical factor that really needs to be addressed this year. So if you don't have your marketing and sales, because I'm going to put those two together just for a moment. Marketing is attracting the customer. Sales is closing the customer. The mm -hmm. two go together. If you haven't got that system really put together yet then that's got to be your critical factor. There's no way you can grow your business without that being your focus. I've got you. Okay. 
All right. So that was of the three. That should be one of your three if you don't already have. Yeah, if you don't already have your marketing and sales systems well developed and they're really working and you've got great numbers. By numbers, I mean you're converting a large number. You like the conversion number, the speed to conversion, the cost to conversion for every prospect that comes in for them to become a, a bona fide customer, which means they've made some kind of a purchase that you need to be working on those numbers and getting them in a range that's really good before you take on another uh, critical um, factor. So you've okay. got to work on your marketing and sales. Okay. Now the only, uh, okay. The one question I have then is, so in the marketing sales end, you've decided you're going to do uh, $3,000 a day in business, let's say. Um, well, first of all, how would you set that, what goal you should be at that would be reasonable? Do you set a goal that's uh, within sight but out of reach or, or astronomical? But when it comes to the goal setting, how do you decide what level to, to set the goal at in the first place? What yeah, what I, what I recommend is I think people cut themselves off. So I start by saying, here, here's how I, I teach how to set goals. First, you look at what you want. Then second, you ask, well, why is that important to you? And third, you ask, well, how am I going to get there? You see, see, what I heard in your question was, well, is it practical? Is it reasonable? You know, that, that kind right. of gets into the how. So let's just start with what do you really want? Okay. Okay. So at the end of the year, you want to have uh, the Mercedes and the house on the water. Okay. So that's what you say you want. Then, so that might be a big goal for someone who has nothing. Yeah. You know it, I mean? it might be, and it might be attainable, and it might not be attainable. But let's not worry about that right now. Okay. What's, so what's what important want? is that people start with what they really want. Now, not what their parents want, not what their boyfriend or girlfriend wants, or their best friend wants uh, for them. But what do they really want? What do you really want for your business? And then if you're working on your personal life, what do you really want for your personal life? So once you get clear about that, then the next step is, well, why is that important to you? Because if you don't have a really strong, passionate, compelling why pushing you forward, especially if it's a big goal, I can almost guarantee you you've already lost. You're, you're not going to attain it. Can you create a why or does it have to be a, a why that's really in you? The, the why needs to be authentic for you. So, okay. so in other words, it isn't creating something that you go, well, if I believe this, then it would be a big why. The, no, you want to look inside yourself and go, well, why is this so critical? And part of the way you can do that is to ask yourself, where do you want to be in three years? Well, if that's where you want to be in three years, then this is very critical. But the thing is, and I, I want to just take an aside here, is so often people choose goals, and that's why I say it's got to be your goal, that they think they should have. And this probably came from their mom or dad or brother or sister or lover or friend, you know, or, you know, church or wherever, you know, like this is what you should be doing, right? But this is not going to be very compelling for most people because most people do not get compelled to get up in the morning and really work in a laser focused way to accomplish something that they actually have no internal emotional connection to. So when I say why, why, is, why has a compassionate component? So you've got to be really passionate about what you want to achieve. It's got to have deep personal meaning to you. And if it has deep personal meaning, you're probably going to be very passionate, passionate about that. And if there isn't that element, then you need to tweak the what you want until it gets connected to something that's very, very passionate for you. 
And this is exciting for you and it's compelling for you. And it's going to bring you the business or the life or the relationship or the health, whatever it is that you really are excited about having. And only after you've looked at those two do you start looking at the how. And in the how, you're going to compare. You, you may do various things. You may say, okay, well, what if I, this is where I want to be at the end of the year and I've got 365 days. Where do I need to be today? And what are, what are, what's my capacity? So what are my resources that I have in order to accomplish that? What have I already accomplished that I can reference or I already have these skills or already have this kind of engine moving forward, this momentum moving forward, or I'm already halfway there. And therefore, this is reasonable based on what I've done in the past, that it's going to pick up speed. And therefore, if I sit and I work with the numbers, I go, well, these numbers actually make sense. By contrast, if you're looking at your what and you're very passionate and your what is that you want to build a rocket ship and go to the moon by the end of the year. okay, and that may be very passionate for you for some specific reason. However, if you've never built a rocket ship and you don't have any money and you have no idea how you get to the moon and you don't know anything about electronics or computers, the likelihood of you accomplishing that goal is not very high. And if you sit down and you get very objective with yourself, you'd go, well, gosh, I need all these things in order to accomplish that. That's the how part. Now is when you start looking at what's necessary for me to accomplish this goal. And sometimes you'll discover that the price is too high for the result that you have. Uh, it, it may take 25 years instead of one. <laughs> well, and the price may be that, oh, I could accomplish that goal, for example. You, get, you, you can actually come to a conclusion, yes, I could accomplish that goal. But when you start looking at what you're giving up, what the price in, includes, which is, includes mm -hmm. what you're giving up. Uh, so, yes, I might be able to get to that particular financial goal, but I've got to work 80 hours a week. I'll never see my spouse. I'll never see my children. I'll never have any personal time off. Uh, I really won't enjoy uh, my life because all I'll be doing is working. And so you might conclude that maybe that goal isn't the goal you really want to have. So there can be a lot of reasons that you go back and tweak the goal, but don't tweak the goal up front. And so and, and also ask yourself, it's very it's, it's kind of a little tricky thing when we go, well, it's not realistic because a, a part of that realistic is the belief system you have. And, and when you shift that belief system, a lot of times things that weren't weren't, quote unquote, realistic to you because you have a bunch of assumptions inside of you that this isn't possible and that isn't possible and uh, people aren't going to really like you and buy that often or, you know, things like that. So if you have all those kinds of things, then then they can hold you back as well. So that realistic part has a lot of different pieces to it. Uh, but there's an objective part in which you just say, do I have the resources? Do I have the skills? Do I have the capacity? And if your answer keeps coming up, no, 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 then perhaps that's when you need to go and look at what you wanted and chunk it down. And maybe what you've done is said, I want to be at the end of the year where it's real realistic giving given your capacity, given your skills, given your resources, maybe that's a three-year goal. And that's great. Now you know that. Now the question is, where do you want to be in one year? What's realistic for one year? Okay. So we're not so, – <clears throat> excuse me. At this point, we're not trying to figure out how to cause a paradigm shift in our mind. We want to take the paradigm that we live in now and, and, and work on that why. And, uh, well, actually, and I, actually, I'm saying you want to do both of them. So one one part is to take it from the paradigm you currently have. 
that's what I was just suggesting. But another part is having done that, then ask yourself, well, what beliefs would support me in achieving the goal that I'm now choosing plus 20% or plus 30 or 40 or 50%? Right. And then start looking at what is it that you need to do internally in order to change your beliefs about what's possible for you? What beliefs do you, do you need to shift? Uh, what are limiting you? And, and one of the biggest for every person I have worked with has been worthy and deserve. And for some people, worthy is a stronger, has a bigger kind of emotional hit. And for other people, deserve has a bigger emotional hit. And so ask yourself whether you're worthy or deserve this goal. And if the answer it comes up at some level, if you're really honest with yourself and you find, oh, well, gosh, no, I don't think I deserve that, or I don't think I'm worthy of that, or I don't think I'm good enough for that, then that's exactly the belief that you need to work on, because that's something you've probably been carrying around from childhood. And most of the reasons uh, that a lot of, you know, if somebody is, has a lot of skills uh, and is, is fairly intelligent and they're not a millionaire, probably it's it's some beliefs around worthy and deserve or what they're capable of or what they should be doing. But all of those come down to worthy and deserve. Am I really worthy of living a life this grand? And that's an important question to ask yourself. And if you don't actually, if you can't actually say just outright yes, then there's some work to be done. And, um, and, and, and it's actually fairly easy work to do. I, I talk about it in my book, uh, Conscious Millionaire, and I give a, a complete example of how to do it and a technique for shifting any belief around worthy and deserve because it's a very critical area if you want to be financially free. You, you'll never be financially free if you don't think you're worthy of it. You'll sabotage yourself even if you get the money. Could we say this then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that we're all worthy. Or not? No, I, I I don't think it's an absolute thing. I think it's a personal belief thing. Because we could argue philosophically, is everybody worthy of being a millionaire? Well, I mean, that's a philosophical question. What I'm really interested in is how you are going to be a millionaire. That's the question that interests me. And what is it that's necessary? What needs to change for you to get there? All right. Well, let's go back to the why just for a minute, uh, JV. Um Okay, so we got someone that's 58 years old. He's listening to this podcast right now, and they gave him early retirement, and it's going to be a really skinny one. Um, and he's trying to figure out, well, why, why am I here? What happened? How did I get here? And what is my why to keep going? How, what does he sit down and do right now to figure out his why? Yeah. Well, first of all, you kind of touched on two things, like why am I here and why did this happen? Uh, at this point in time, those may not be that important of a question to focus on uh, okay. because they can just go internal with this negative loop. You know, okay. but I all think right. what's really important is to get clear about what is it, you know, on a practical level, what is it that you need? Because it isn't it isn't really about being a millionaire. It's really about being financially free. And financially free is different for different people in the, in the United States, and it's certainly different for different people in, in other cultures mm -hmm. uh, because economics can be different. If somebody makes $2 an hour and that's normal, uh, getting to be worth a million dollars in U.S. dollars may be a very hard thing for them to do. But reaching financial freedom where they actually don't have to work and they don't have to worry about money and they have plenty of food, that is something that's accomplishable. So to start with, the very practical thing of where are you now? And where do you want to be in order to be comfortable and enjoy the rest of your life and not have to worry about finances and see what is that gap? There's going to be some gap there. 
right? And then start listing out what are the alternatives for how you can fill the gap. That's what's important. So what's the vehicle? What, yeah, what, 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 yeah. what kind of vehicle? If you need $20,000 a year, we'll then start researching and finding, well, what are things that I can do that will bring me $20,000 a year? And, and yeah. you'll find there are a lot of options for how you can make $20,000 a year. You know, uh, and some of those might be that you go find a, a supplemental job. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. If you want to do something that's entrepreneurial, then you look at, well, what are things that I can either build and sell or I can be the middle person and I can bring these to some market that wants them. And there's many things that you could end up doing that would bring you the 20000 Uh What do you do with someone who has a struggle with Okay, my expertise is accounting, but I hate accounting. I don't ever want to look at it, look at it again. I'm retired. It's done. I love baseball, but I've never made any money. I don't know much. What does this person do? Yeah, well, I think you're looking to rekindle some or rekindle uh, passions or find some new passions within you, or look at how can you use that same skill set. So let's talk about the business that I turned around, made my father and I both became millionaires in a very short period of time. Okay, and I'd never taken a business course, and I'd never read a business book, and I had never read a business article, and I had done everything I could not to learn anything about business in in college, and yet I went directly from college to running and turning around a business, Mm -hmm. and basically became the general manager almost day one. Well, the skill that I actually utilized when I looked back and said, well, how did this happen? I learned in school. And what I learned in school was how to make an A. And now what's important about that in this story isn't that I made A's. What's important is that I created systems for how to make an A. In other words, I had a a whole system down for how I was going to read my coursework, how I was going to outline it, when it was going to be done, how I was going to study it, what I was going to memorize for tests, how I was going to answer the questions on tests, how I would approach multiple choice questions. But there was a system because I normally was taking six or seven courses and I had a system for how I even studied and I had it all scheduled. But when I started running uh, the company, I realized there were no systems. Now, I didn't know the word system then. I mean, I certainly knew the word, but I didn't understand it from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm. What I actually did when I looked back is I put a lot of systems in place. There was no employee handbooks. There was no systems for how things were billed or paid. I mean, it was almost haphazard. And so once I started building systems so that it was the same over and over again, I could get things much more efficient and I could find out what things weren't really working. For instance, within four months, I I, I figured out that most of our suppliers were uh, kind of taking us to the kind of robbing us. Bleeners. Yeah. And uh, once I realized that, then I created a system for creating bids. And I took bids and I took them. And the first thing that the ones that we're working with said, well, tell us who else is bidding. And I said, no, I'm going to take them blind. And uh, so I learned how to create a system for getting bids and I created a system for negotiating and I ended up with much better prices uh, for our parts that we needed. So everything came down to me taking a skill. Uh, so let's say in, in that case, let's say you, you say, OK, I'm tired with school. I don't want to go to school anymore. Fine. But what are the skills that you actually had from learning how to go to school and do well? And one of them is I learned how to build a system for how to study. It turns out that same process can build a business. So if you take the accountant, the accountant may be tired of doing other people's accounting work, which is basically taking and and getting things in balance and looking at what happened in the past. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean 
that they find numbers altogether uninteresting. After all, they were a CPA for a long time. But so now maybe they want to get more into the financial future business. They want to take and go, well, what, what, how could I look at numbers that relate to the future? And maybe that would be exciting to them. And then they could go work with people helping them with their financial, you know, uh, planning part, which is a little bit different than working with CPA or find that there are some skills that you have, but you can apply them in more ways than you've ever thought. And just, I, I call it whiteboarding it. Just go with the whiteboard and you just start writing out all the ideas that come to you, not editing them and going, well, how could I use this skill that I have in many different ways and just have a fun time with it? And it, it'll be interesting what you come up with. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, Again, with the why, I think a lot of people, they come to the, let's say this accountant again, he, even if he liked accounting or whatever, but he feels uh, beat up because they laid him off, they got rid of them, they booted him up or whatever, booted him out in an essence, in his mind at least, they, they got rid of him, and now he's thinking, well, I'm 60 and I'm useless, and they you know, you get into this <laughs> downward spiral. Uh, how do, how does he break out of this? How does it, how does he turn this thing around? Yeah, uh, and that's really just a belief system, and uh, that's about getting empowered. And it it's really very simple. And starting to look at what's positive, and and make affirmations to yourself on a regular basis about what it is that's really positive and powerful about you. And then look at, well, what is it that you would like out of your life that you don't have? I mean, if, if you're feeling kind of down and bored and that your life is not very meaningful, probably you aren't having very meaningful thoughts and you aren't doing very meaningful things to you. So it would start with figuring out, well, what does that mean? And I go back to the whiteboard of writing down some affirmations of, you know, I'm an amazing person who has fun every day of my life. Well, if you're an amazing person who has fun every day of your life, there are probably going to be a lot of interesting, uh, fun, enjoyable things that are going to happen during the day. So if you start... Now, when, you say af when you say affirmation, are you saying what you want to be or who you are? By affirmations, I, I mean who you want to be. How, how you want to show up, right? So that they can connect with your belief systems and start to shift your belief systems. Uh, but it's about figuring out what's most important to you. If your life feels lifeless, the chances are it's because you don't have a lot of vitality in your life. Now, so what is it that you could do to get some more vitality? Well, one, you can change the way you eat. You could go work out in the gym. You can go outdoors and, and do a, a lot of things that involve movement. It's very hard to feel lifeless when you're moving all the time. Oh, good. Yeah. It's very hard to be depressed if you're looking up, for example. If you look down, it's easy to get depressed. You know, it's just the physiology of it. So if you create a life where you're going to just sit in a chair and you're going to watch boring TV shows and you're going to drink and eat, by drinking I don't necessarily mean alcohol, but you're just going to sit there and veg out, well, then it shouldn't be shocking that your life feels lifeless. It is lifeless. So, yeah, so I think it's very objective just to take and look at your life and say, well, what do I feel? And then ask, well, what is it I want to feel? And then what, right. what is it that I would need to do in order to feel that? And then go out there and experiment a little bit and start feeling different things. And, and look at who you're associating with. If all of a sudden you're just associating with other people who have the same kind of negative emotions. It shouldn't be shocking that you perpetuate those negative emotions. Mm -hmm. So you have to get around people who have positive emotions that things are really working well for. 
Okay, so that just like the exercise of going out and, and walking or going to the gym or so on, you need to go out and join some groups or get into some groups that are doing something. Yes, ab- absolutely. You need to associate with other positive people. But in order to do that, you need to decide for yourself what does it mean for you to be positive? Because ultimately, this is all about your life. And, and you can't separate your finances from the rest of your my, life because they're all part of the same journey. The, the money pays for the journey. And you have to decide how you want to live. You know, how, what is the standard of your life that you really want? What kind of restaurants do you want to go to? Because that's exactly what you're going to get. If you, if you focus on having a very mediocre life, you will probably have mediocre thoughts and mediocre feelings and mediocre experiences. And it shouldn't be surprising that you don't find those to be anything more than mediocre. But if you decide that that isn't what you really want, and then you chunk it down and you start saying, okay, I want a life that's, a, that's grand. I want a life that has adventure. I want a life that, that fulfills, fulfills me. I, I want a life that really lifts me up. I, I like to be surrounded by beautiful things. And if you decide that's what you want, then say, okay, what's the first step? You can't take the 10th step till you take the first step. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be in some positive environments, absolutely. And that may include that you put on your best clothes and you go to the best hotel that you can and you just uh, you know, have a coffee or a tea or whatever. But you, you spend some time in a really positive place and nature's great for that too. But in terms of what is someone going to do when they are no longer working but they still want some more income, I think you, you first start with the, with the simple just stay focused on the financial part. You start with what it is that you want, what it is that you have, and you look at what's the gap, and then you start creating alternatives for how you can fill that gap. All right. So it would be, I think what you're saying is it certainly would be a wrong approach to say I want the more money, money in itself, without thinking what you're going to do with the money. You need well, to do the reverse, right? Well, I think, you need, yeah, but I think that in terms of the money, I think it would be very practical. If you need $30,000 more a year to pay all your bills and to be able to take the vacation that you want, then you need to figure out how to go get that $30,000 and look at what are the options. Okay. All right. So, again, if if you love baseball but you don't really know much about it, uh, that wouldn't be the direction to go to get that money because it's going to take uh, take too long, or you know, it's going to take a lot a lot of time to reach that level of money if you have no experience in that area. Your your passions and your hobbies, right? Might, it might be a wrong approach initially. Well, I think that you have to be very practical about it, and part of being practical to me, is discovering that true north. What is that passionate difference you want to be making in the world? And how can you tie that to doing something that you can make money at? And then, so there's two kinds of money to be made. The money that's made this way from doing that passionate difference and the money that's made that's simply based on, I want to make money. If you if you put money in a CD at, at a time that it's 5 or 6%, which is not today, but uh, there are bonds that you can get 5 or 6% from, and that doesn't have to relate to anything other than that bond doesn't violate any of my values. The company doesn't. So I'm going to put money into that bond because I want the 5 to 6% cash flow. That, that's a pure financial decision. And, and so that's part of how you make your financial decisions is, is that you just look at what you want and then how are you going to get there. All right. And I guess we could say then the essence of who you are, who you want to be, probably 
could be applied to any field. Like you say, if you're coming out of accounting, that essence could still be applied to many other fields, uh, law or whatever, wherever you want to take it. But uh, there's an essence of who you are, which will work in a trucking company, like you said. Not that you like trucking, but you fell in love with business. <laughs> right. You fell in love with growing a business. So you didn't have any particular love for trucking, but that did, that doesn't wasn't necessary. You made a great success out of it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's good. All right. Um, so, how will people get a hold of you? Uh, uh, you know, if they wanted to work with you, JV, or sure, uh, find absolutely. You I'll, I'll tell you about that. Uh, ConsciousMillionaire.com is the best place to go. We've okay. got a podcast that's designed for conscious entrepreneurs, which I define as entrepreneurs who really want the financial freedom, and they want to achieve financial freedom by making a positive impact on others. And we work with entrepreneurs who want to build six or seven-figure businesses, and we help them do that and then double the businesses once they get going. And uh, I have a new Conscious Millionaire Business Academy that we're going to be rolling out in July and August. Uh, and that's going to be designed specifically for the conscious entrepreneurs who want to build strong six and seven figure businesses. And they want to understand the mechanics and the specific things that they need to be doing to get there the fastest way possible in a way that's aligned with their values. And it's going to be of service to mankind. And those are the kind of people that we work with. Uh, if you'd like to read my book, you can get that at Amazon. You can come to my website, Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference. I'd love to have you come and listen to our podcast, Conscious Millionaire. You can find that on our website, ConsciousMillionaire.com, or you can go to iTunes and search for Conscious Millionaire. Uh, so those are some of the ways that you can get that. We also have a free uh, book, uh, a First Million Manifesto. You can come and uh, just download that for free at our website. Oh, okay. That one's free. Yep, okay. Yep. The First Millionaire Manifesto. Yeah, First okay. Millionaire Man Manifesto is absolutely free, and you're welcome to come in and get that. Uh, it's at the top of the home page, and you just put in your name and email, and you'll automatically get a PDF. Fantastic. Uh, and I'll put all this in the show notes too. But I just like some people may, they may never look at the show notes. I want them to hear, you know, how to how to find you. Um, so, for our baby boomer group, that you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, are probably struggling financially or certainly struggling with their life, you know, as far as what to do next, what's next, you know, I mean, even if they got laid off and they got a golden parachute, a lot of them are saying, now what, you know, <laughs> they've played golf for about six months now and they're tired of that and they, they need to know, you know, hey, what do I need to do next? So Yeah, and I think the answer to what you need to do next is is first getting really clear do you have a financial need? Otherwise, do you need that extra twenty or $30,000 in order to make things meet and get clear about what that gap is? And then the other part is that this is a great opportunity for you to do something you've never done before that has great meaning to you that you feel is going to matter to other people and make a difference in their lives. And then ask yourself, well, what is that difference you want to make? It, it may be something you've always thought about and you've never done before. And and yet there it is just waiting for you. And this is your time. You've got the time now to go do something that could be completely different, a whole new adventure. Start with that question. What am I passionate about that that could be a major difference to other people or to society or to different organizations? And then start looking at well, what strengths do I have? 
that would help me in order to accomplish that? And what strengths would I need to bring to the table? In other words, what resources or other people do you need? And then start putting together a little plan for how you're going to do that. And that's an exciting future uh, because one of the things that's happened for everybody who's a baby boomer, I mean, I'm uh, 59 and right now I've got 20 and 30 year goals for building new organizations. When a lot of my friends are saying, I, I'm ready to retire. And I said, well, you better have something to do. You're going to get bored. I don't care how much money you have. It's, it's going to get boring for you. And so I'm building a, a global nonprofit that's going to be in 160 countries. And I don't even know how many countries we're in, probably 10, 20 uh, already just from our initial initiative, uh, getting the uh, applications from youth all over the world. And uh, decide what is it that you could do with your life that would really matter and give you personal meaning and and make a difference to other people. Right. So if... Again, I don't want to gear it down because I realize, you know, how important it is to do charity work. But let's say, again, that accountant loves baseball. So now he can say, okay, I'm going to go and volunteer in everything that's baseball. I'm going to go to all the youth camps. I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to every spot where baseball is going on and just give my free time and something will come out of it. Yes. Uh, that, that, that's it. And if they don't need any money, then ask yourself, well, what is that nonprofit cause, that difference I want to make that could be a nonprofit and uh, and then get other people involved as well in the cause that you really want to make a difference in? And, and, you know, some of the biggest differences in the world are made, you know, by people when they have the time and the resources to go make them. Right. Again, this person could say, you know, I want to start baseball camps for those that can't, you know, that that are needy, that to have, you know, street people, people that don't have the opportunity, and, I, and I'm going to work with them. So you could almost take any uh, hobby and and uh, and make it into a charity almost, you know, yeah. to help others. Yeah, you could, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Ken, I really appreciate you having me on this show, and um and I wish you great success. I think it's wonderful that you're doing this show for baby boomers. Well, thank you. And it's been great interviewing you. And I think that I've learned a lot, and I'm sure everyone else did. And I look forward to maybe in a few months, uh, maybe talking to you again and hearing about the Academy and what's going on with that. Well, thank you very much, Ken. And uh, I'm really looking forward to launching that. We really want to impact thousands of people's lives and help them grow their uh, their businesses. So they're out there achieving their financial freedom by positively impacting more people. Well, I'll be looking at it. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, and uh, good luck, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. All right, bye now. Okay, I, I appreciate that. And do you know when this will be out, Ken? Uh, this will... Uh, uh, well, I'm trying... Here's what happened. I got backed up with, like... I was doing so many interviews that I had, like, uh, 30 interviews ahead so when i was doing three a week i figured it's going to be like you know three months to get the last one i did so i figured people are getting a little antsy you know i've already you know i've interviewed them and it's like three months later i'm going to bring it out so that's why i upped it to one a day so uh right now i have got probably 25 ahead of you or something so it would take me uh you know if i put you next you, you know i would say within the next 30 days i would have it up okay that sounds great do, whatever doing what, one doing one every day <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't advise going to one a day. Um, it just there's just a lot of work there, but um, 
so anyway, uh, just let us know. And if you send it to us, you know, let us know you know, a week ahead of time so we can be sure and add it all to our tweets. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and I'm going to do some probably social uh, uh, networking. I'm going to probably maybe put some ads on uh, Facebook and stuff too uh, for the website to get people over there. So, uh, you know, p- put some money behind it to try to, to reach more people. Yeah, the main thing is send out your tweets. Uh, the one thing I would comment is I I wasn't clear about uh, where I was supposed to go. So I would suggest that on those, you've got your schedule once set up, but you can mm-hmm. go in and you can write a message. And in that message, I would put, you know, we're going to meet on Skype. Here's my Skype. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, because, right. because otherwise, what actually happens, it came into my, um, it, it came into my calendar but mm-hmm. I'm asking my assistant, do you know who I'm doing this interview with or where I'm supposed to go for this interview? Right. Because I didn't right. have that information. Yeah. And, and you, so you just create just it. go into schedule once and add it to the message. Okay. Okay. So put it right on the message itself. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Great. Good idea. Thank you very much. Well, I wish. Well, that- thank, thank you. And, you know, I, this is all new and I, I'm you know, struggling in what direction to go first, you know, should I focus on meeting, getting more people or should I now be getting interviewed myself so I can get people over? I'm trying to just, you know, struggling a little bit, what direction to go to. Yeah, I would, I would, in next. yeah, I would look at getting interviewed. It'll, it'll really help. Okay. So I, I, uh, and I have no problem getting interviewed. I'm, I'm quite confident with that. I've been interviewed on TV and stuff before, so I feel, feel comfortable with those. I prefer radio. <laughs> so I don't have to be all dressed up and I can do it from my house. But uh, if I have to go on TV and I get a chance, I will. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Right. Well, thanks again. And thank you. Thank you for giving me this hour to, to interview. And I'm sure it's going to go well. I'm sure people will love you. Oh, well, thank you very much. I really yeah, appreciate it. You're very pers- personable and, and it was good. Thank you very much. All right. Have a, we'll talk to you again. All right. Have a great day, Ken. I really appreciate it. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Income for Baby Boomers with your host, Ken Queen. Helping boomers like you get a business started you can run from your own home. We interview owners of both online and offline businesses, but most importantly, ones that are run by baby boomers. Stay tuned next week for new and exciting businesses that you can start from your home. Until next time, have a profitable and blessed week.